When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Score, the podcast. The only show taking you inside the studios of the world's most celebrated composers and musicians. Coming to you this week from Studio City inside of Tina Guo's home studio. This is studio Score, the podcast. Studio, studio Guo? Studio Guo. <laughs> this is Score, the podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Holmes, back with Robert Kraft. Yeah. He's been gloating around after a couple weeks ago his win and name this name that score. You know, mm-hmm. it's funny how just there's certain moments in your life you'll never forget. <laughs> this, was that one of them? The first time I won name Mark that score, Mothersbaugh I winning thought, in front of Mark Mothersbaugh. I, that was just a seminal kind of <laughs> pivotal point. For All right, me. well, I'm going to put you to the test. Uh, Hit me later on in oh, the show. Good. That have... is coming up. We're also joined every week by you. Hear him over there, our executive producer Matt Schrader. Yeah. Hey, hey, Matt. We got a new drop today, thanks to John Powell last week. Sounds like five pounds of cheese. Oh, it sure does sound like five <laughs> pounds of cheese. Yeah, that, of course, is referencing our uh, beautiful name that score. Score. <laughs> How dare he? Yeah. Sounds like five pounds of cheese. <laughs> it sure does. <laughs> that could be for anything, though. That's a great drop. Um, our, our guest today, as we mentioned, we're here inside her beautiful home studio, Grammy-nominated rock star cellist. Uh, you've seen her in the Hans Zimmer Live World Tour, which is now on Netflix, and she's featured in dozens of film scores, including Wonder Woman, Dunkirk, Sherlock Holmes, Inception, Iron Man 2. And she's also a nominee of the Brit Awards. Yeah, if, she's nominated for Female Artist of the Year by the uh, wow. 2018 Classic Brit Awards. Classic which Brit Awards. That celebrates the best of classical and crossover musicians um, for her last, uh, her most recent album, solo album. Game On. Game On. Yeah, which we're going to talk about. And she may even uh, play a little bit for us. We have her Yeah, we'll her see if we can hook everything up. Here. Plus, we have another episode of Behind the Score. We're going to get to that in just a bit, and we're going to play Name That Score with Tina. Name That Score. What's the topic today, Matt? Uh, uh, Let's see. What is this? (laughs) It is movies with a strong female lead. So all of these films uh, have... uh, you know, some A-list actress uh, running the uh, running the story, basically. Fantastic, awesome. And, and maybe we'll have. Really uh, do you think that it's even possible that I could stretch my lead? To <laughs> I know two? you're going with this. I I don't know about. Well, it's that, not going to be stretched because you lost to John Powell yeah, last I, week. Oh, okay. darn I predict Robert's going to get a bunch of these. Ah, good yes. Be. You never know. Um, I've been oh, practicing. I wanted to bring up, because in our second episode with Harry Gregson Williams, we talked about Spielberg having this secret roundtable meeting uh, that was rumored to be about a Leonard Bernstein biopic. And, of course, now it's come out that it's it's officially happening, and it's going to be directed by and starring Bradley Cooper. Remarkable. And there's a, a whole list of Hollywood A-list producers involved as well steven spielberg martin scorsese uh, among many others mm-hmm. and there's a couple of them right aren't there there is well a- jake gyllenhaal already has announced his leonard bernstein biopic which i think is called the american which of course 
this often happens in Hollywood. You get two pictures going on the same track, racing for the same destination. and I was going to say, is that common? It is common. In fact, the only time I know that it worked out beautifully is uh, I know that Ed Zwick and Steven Soderbergh were both making a movie that was destined to be the story of traffic, which is uh, mm. kind of about drug cartels in Mexico. And they decided to collaborate. And work together oh. on the story. I was so, going to say, do you think one announcement came because of the other, and they're like, "Oh crap, we better hurry up." Yeah. I wonder. And uh, you've seen that with certain, you know, the Steve Jobs. Uh, there's Steve a couple Jobs, of those Janice that were really Joplin close. pictures that have all been yeah. so. Uh, this and is and a I know there was of, some conversation about Edward Snowden too. When all of that news came out, there were a couple studios that were yeah. pursuing that. I think one of them dropped out. But I think this makes, of course, sense that a lot of people would be interested because Leonard Bernstein is a truly fascinating and legendary character both in music and in american culture and history he was really pivotal can we break that so part of this these are, are you have interest from multiple multiple studios here in making this film we could probably kenny i know you've been doing a little bit of research into these things and kind of his impact but what what can we look for in this movie well he he of course scored two huge legendary films one he even got an oscar nomination for for uh, on the waterfront and then he also wrote the the broadway musical and then went on to do the the film score for west side story west side story just a uh you know it, th these are epic i actually just saw maybe a month ago i saw a live orchestra to picture version of on the waterfront uh at the out at north northridge csun and um truly remarkable to hear that music because for anybody that sees on the waterfront which was 1956 that was the uh release date of the film mm -hmm. you hear it unmistakable precursor of the west side story score he was very influenced by First of all, the tritone. We talk about the devil's interval, and you can hear it. It's what is that? Can you define that for people that don't don't understand what that is? So the is? perfect interval in an, in as we've often talked about overtone systems and the relationship of vibrations. One five, boom, ding, is the perfect wonderful interval for all. Music, in fact, in Western music. This is a music, music theory. Music theory. Western, almost mathematical. Right. Western, exactly. It is mathematical. And Western music is boom, doom, boom. That's very mm -hmm. much the way Western music is. The most dissonant interval in Western music and the interval that's mathematically the farthest apart and is also often called the devil's interval because it is so dissonant if you take just doom, unpleasant to doom, the ears and you flat the fifth the doom 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 you can already hear that it's kind of scary Gloomy. music and boom doom 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 so beautifully in west side story it's a big part boo doo boo doo doo boo doo boo doo 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 yeah or maria Forgive me. Interesting. The Simpsons? But, uh, the Simpsons. You're absolutely oh, right. Oh, wow, yeah. So I think that that was a big part of Leonard Bernstein. It but also, he wasn't a, com a film composer, not, mostly. Not, not he did much. did a few films, did a but couple, just a couple, right? But, um, There's actually a really cool story about how he became famous. 
Um, he was he was a struggling uh, mu- music student who went to a summer camp thing, and then he was looking for work. He somehow got recommended for a job as the assistant conductor for the uh, New York Phil. And on a day that they had a guest composer coming on, that composer, Bruno Walter, got sick, and he got called that morning and said, hey, can you fill in? To conduct. To conduct. And it happened to be a, a syndicated show on CBS radio, and everyone heard it. And then the next day, he was on front page news on the New York Times, and just overnight. That's cool, yeah. Career was launched. And it was like many people that that happened to. He was destined to be famous. He was famous for being famous. He had certainly uh, he'd been an outstanding music student at Harvard. And then this moment where his conducting was truly brilliant. And then what he did, not only musically was so significant, but Leonard Bernstein did a wonderful series on public television called The Young People's Concerts. Yes. Where he taught music to, ostensibly to the kids in the audience, but it really was so thorough and so interesting and made so palatable that a wide audience tuned in those concerts and those lectures are to this day classic, revered musical education material. And and that probably brought him to the public eye more than anything because back then you didn't have 80,000 shows to watch or Netflix. So if something was... That was just the program that was on. Did you watch the program? Yeah. That was so everyone was probably tuning into that so and really getting an idea of who he was. He was legendary. And it's interesting that not only are they doing two movies about him, but his daughter, Jamie Bernstein, has just written a book that's come out maybe two weeks ago called Famous Father Girl. And it's the story of her father. And I'm looking forward to reading it because. Uh, I'll bet she's involved in one of these films as well, then. Boy, and that's. You've, Come so back now, to one of the big topics, the, which is which one will the, the race family is on. bless? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The race is on. Yeah. It's interesting because it, that was the first exposure for a lot of film composers, seeing somebody on TV or hearing them on the radio playing classical music, it, modern classical music uh, it, sometimes, or at least modern performances of classical music. Um, so we've heard a lot of people that have, have mentioned his name uh, kind of in passing as someone that was influential growing up. And of course, that's where John Williams, I think, first played piano on West Side Story. Oh, you're, yeah. you're right. So there's a tie-in to yep. this industry, um, even though he's not purely a film composer. Yeah, and I wonder who will end up, whichever film goes, it'll be curious to see who gets the nod to score the Leonard Bernstein biopic. Well, and John Williams has... Maybe I John think, Williams. Well, he said himself that he was done, I think, right? But I guess a lot of people say they're done, and then they get a job, and they come back. Yeah. I mean, he'd be the perfect one. He really would. It'd be an American be something legend. kind of poetic in there, too. Yeah. yeah, an American legend saluting an American legend, and certainly after having played well, those sp- scores. Speaking of scoring, we have had a lot of people make fun of our theme for Name Sounds That Score. Sounds like five pounds of cheese. For Name That Score. <laughs> um, so we were thinking, I know we have a bunch of composer, uh, aspiring composers and actual... And perspiring composers. ...credited composers uh, listening to this show. So if you think you can make us a better theme, give it a crack. But we- I don't know. Let's see. I don't know how people can top this. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, we did commission it for $19 on the internet. Uh-huh. So uh, we've, we have, we're, we're, uh, we're all in on this one. But if someone... Yeah, if you, if you think you can do something, maybe we can have 
rotating I'm, themes for the show. Game show theme. We'll give them a shout out. Yeah. So if you like, uh, if you like your version better, if you think you can write some, send it in. Maybe we'll. Uh, and I also would suggest. I I thought maybe what we were going to do is ask people to send in themes, as in not musical themes, but name that score every week as a theme, like famous movies with women in oh. the lead, oh, yeah. or famous sci-fi movies or war movies i thought maybe we could get from our fabulous and devoted audience any ideas you have for name that score Look at robert getting cocky after his uh mother's ball wouldn't that win. be great i'm trying anybody to think. can submit it now movies starring <laughs> pets oh see yeah. i'm already stretching well, we, way out there we did animals you, yeah you won the animals. game with animals well so i'm really just looking just... for an excuse to get elephant man back <laughs> in consideration <laughs> well so if we... you have ideas for name that score and a topic for us to do the contest don't hesitate to send those also where would they send their recommendations you could probably just tweet it at yeah, us yeah tweet it to us at, at score the podcast at score the podcast Fantastic. and maybe maybe we'll run your theme in our game, in lieu of Matt and his cheese. And you know what you could do? Hey, 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 hey. Five hey. pounds of cheese. Uh, you know what? Uh, that's not... That's, it uh, would be amazing. Awesome, awesome, awesome. This Sounds is like that's five Matt. pounds of cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny, what do you think of that theme we have right now? Awesome. It's <laughs> <laughs> my enthusiastic drop. Yeah. Don't make fun of that. Yeah. Uh, well, we are going to play Name That Score a little later, and as Matt said... Uh, films with a strong female lead and coming up after the break our guest is coming in you know her from uh, Hans Zimmer's tour she's the star of the show rocking it out and she's even going to play a little bit for us coming up too it's Tina Guo stick around we'll be right back hey Matt Schrader here we're back to the show in 15 seconds but a quick thank you to everyone who's been telling a friend about score the podcast we're one of the fastest growing entertainment podcasts out there right now and that's thanks to you telling a friend you're probably thinking of somebody else right now that enjoy the show. If it's safe to do so, hit pause and let them know about Score the Podcast. It helps keep this show going. Now back to the show. Hey, we're back with Tina in her fabulous studio and living quarters. Hello. Thank you. Thank you guys for being here. <laughs> oh, thanks for uh, <laughs> inviting us in and, and joining the show. Of course, you you may have seen Tina if you've watched uh, Hans Zimmer's uh, live concert on Netflix. She's the basically the star of the show. Oh, okay. rocking it with Not the cello. You've definitely <laughs> seen her if you've, you've seen that concert special, even if you don't know. But he does introduce you, which was a cool thing. Yeah, in that's the, in the special. Very appreciated. Yes. And actually, not only the concert special. I've seen Tina live with Hans, which is oh, also a treat. Which show? Did oh, you likewise. Come to? I've seen a couple. I think the one that I had the best seats for was the shrine okay and, in, LA. Um, in la was that the last show the last, last show on the oh, shrine okay. where yeah. um we actually were amazed by it was a little bit like the beatles were playing downtown i mean i don't know if you were outside before the show but Mm-mm. crowds there were police oh on you horseback. mentioned that yeah it really was, yeah it was like are we going to see the rolling stones live it was it seemed like it was about, tina yeah. Matt featuring I, hans I no think. come on well i had no idea what was going on i was just in catering eating as much as possible craft <laughs> <Nice>. service <laughs> we saw the show too at the uh i think it was the first United States show right yeah, before Coachella, the Microsoft oh, Theater. Microsoft yeah, Theater. we we started and finished in L.A. The bookends. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Yeah. The, the crowd was packed with composers too. I think we were standing in line next to James Newton Howard getting popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like, oh, Maestro, go ahead after you. Oh, he didn't he come on stage in that show for uh, Dark Knight? I think yeah. he came up for yeah. a portion. I think he did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was going to say James Newton Howard sort of looking at you, saying, "Hey, man." 
do you have a ticket? You know, I'm trying to get in. I'm <laughs> hoping that's sold out. Uh, right. You know, you are the star of the show. Of course, apart from Hans, it's really you front and center. And I know that a lot of people will wonder, how did you get the gig? How did yes. you meet Hans? Where yes. did you meet Hans? Well, um, I told the story a lot. I don't know if Hans has heard the story himself, but uh, so this goes way back in the day to I believe it was 2009. So at that time, you I were was four. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm 32 <laughs> years old. So I I, uh, I had left college already at that point, um, and I was uh, struggling, being the keyword struggling musician, session mm -hmm. musician, um, and I really was having trouble getting my career off the ground. I was still playing mostly classical music, classical mm -hmm. cello. I worked on a few, you know small scoring projects here and there um but yeah i had a lot of free time on my hands right. <laughs> as a mostly unemployed cellist um and i i just i thought like oh it'd be amazing to to play like metal electric cello industrial metal you know and i um i couldn't get anyone to take me seriously because mm. of course if you don't have a product ready to sell and ready to demonstrate what it is that you're thinking in your own head it's impossible for other people to understand what you're saying if you just tell people oh i do this and they just you know they're like oh that's nice whatever yeah. you know so at that point in my life i had i think i had about like six thousand dollars saved that's it like my Did entire you have life both savings axes, electric and acoustic uh, i had an electric cello at that yeah. point and an acoustic it was my very first one so not white walker the white one i have now but the very first uh, uh yamaha electric cello that i that i purchased um and so i took the money that i saved i found a, a music video uh team i begged them to do it at like basically at cost like nobody made anything so uh, we got a lot of volunteers i found like a location for free uh, a coffin case hmm. so they're the company that makes those coffin-shaped guitar, uh, guitar and bass cases, and they also mm. have these cool like distortion pedals. One I used to use was called the Blood Drive, um, and it's like a distortion pedal shaped like a coffin. Um, and so they were so kind. Johnny Coffin was so kind to let us shoot there for free, you know. So we were able to do that. So anyway, it took like two or three months because I did most of the production and stuff myself because I couldn't afford to hire anyone. And so we got it all put together. And my goal at the time, because I was obsessed and still am obsessed with Rammstein, the German industrial metal band and yeah. i thought oh maybe if i put out a music video like playing electric cello and being like all metal maybe like rammstein or metallica or somebody will see it and then they'll like ask me to play with them so that's what that was kind of like the mentality that i was in at the time um i knew about the soundtrack world but I, that really wasn't my focus i just hmm. i wanted to play metal i wanted to tour and do that um so we put the video out. It was it's called Queen Queen Bee. It is on YouTube. Unfortunately, it got rated eighteen and over only. So you do have to sign in. Um, it's <laughs> wow. it's I'm, there's no nudity. It's just like, it's just the artistic in the in the breakdown section um, because I figured you know bees don't wear clothing. So I'm covered in gold body paint. I am covered, but it's it's very artsy fartsy. Um, so uh, so we did the video, and a week after the video came out, uh, Hans saw the video. So he had his wow. assistant at the time, Andrew, contact me um via somehow they found my phone number i guess they you know have their methods um and he called and said oh we would like for you to um to come in to work on this project i'm calling from hans zimmer's office and hans knows i love him very much dearly but at the at that time i actually didn't know who he was because i wasn't you know i just didn't i was completely in my own world like ah metal and and also classical <laughs> music so i said uh who Oh, okay, okay, I'll come in. Um, and the next week I went in and he was having lunch upstairs in the back building with mm -hmm. uh, Guy Ritchie. And they were working on Sherlock Holmes. So I literally just walked in oh. and I was like, oh, okay, I guess they're working on a project. And he said, oh, we're working on Sherlock Holmes. Would you be interested in uh, recording cello solos? I'm like, oh my God, of course. Um, and 
it just kind of happened like that's that. That's fantastic. It's a crazy story. And then also uh, John Debney, he also saw the video. Um, and he wrote to me on Facebook. Uh, he's like, hi, I'm John Debney. I'm working on Iron Man 2. Uh, I saw your video. Do you do you want to do that? Because it's kind of like electric guitar, but different. Um, you know, do you want to record for uh, Iron Man 2? And of course, I'm, I'm, and I was incredibly grateful because honestly, after shooting that um that video I had spent every penny that I had so I didn't even know how I was going to pay for food or rent for the next month so uh, thankfully I was rescued you know a couple weeks later suddenly getting these um jobs working like in in soundtracks and yeah so it really it really was unexpected sounds like it paid off yeah it did and it's (laughs) a wonderful story yeah it was really crazy it was just like oh oops okay just goes to show you how powerful the internet can be it is interesting do you remember Kenny when we interviewed Hans for the documentary he was talking about how sometimes he and you know his his compose various composers that that are over at Remote Control would sometimes get caught up just going through YouTube videos. Or yes. how about when we were at Quincy Jones' house when we talked to him? We spent I think an hour and a half after the interview. He's like, "Check out this guy. I'm scouting him. He's this amazing <laughs> musician from China, and we're gonna." Yeah, and, hey, yeah I've so- got two words for you, Jordan Bieber. Justin, Justin Bieber. Bieber. Jordan well, Bieber. Jordan Bieber is the guy that <laughs> became Justin Bieber. But, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> but that's true. Didn't yeah. Usher find J- Justin Bieber? Yeah. Usher and yeah. Scooter Braun. It's Bond. crazy. The, the new yeah. world for all of this yeah. stuff. De- definitely. It's, a, it's amazing opportunity, I think. We're going to have Jordan time. Bieber on in a little while. <laughs> our next guest next week. We have a little treat coming up after the break. This is going to be our first live musician performance uh-oh uh-oh <laughs> tina's no tina's got the the white walker is that what yes said? his name is white walker he's my electric cello white nice. walker is here tina's gonna shred a little bit for us and we're gonna talk about her album game on right after the break but first behind the score behind the score the inside stories from hollywood's greatest filmmakers and composers One of the things unique to big cities, and Los Angeles in particular, is the use of billboards to advertise upcoming movies. On any given day, you might see 25 billboards for different films and TV shows. While driving from the Valley, where the Universal, Disney, and Warner Brothers studio lots are, to Culver City and Sony Pictures, or Century City and Fox Studios. It's an industry town, which means, unlike other cities... It makes a lot of sense to advertise on good old-fashioned billboards. It can be kind of disconcerting. That's composer Trevor Rabin, known for his scores to Remember the Titans, Con Air, and Enemy of the State. The billboards are sometimes up before you've literally, literally before you've started writing the music. And not only are they up, but the, the release date is there. You spend about a day or two panicking more and thinking that, you're never going to get it done. Composer Lorne Balfe of The Crown and this summer's upcoming blockbuster Mission Impossible Fallout says sometimes the easiest thing to do is not look at the billboards. So you're, 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 stuck, you're stuck inside and then, then when you do go out, it's probably to get on the plane to go to London and then you see the commercial. I think 10 years ago I used to panic and worry about deadlines, um, the whole structure of things. And now, and now I don't because it's... If I do, I'm not focusing on music. Blocking out billboards, a strategy Rabin's used too. You do see the billboards up, um, certainly before you finish doing the film, and uh, with with a release date there, and it's you drive past it thinking, 
I don't want to look at that billboard because I'm just about to go home to start writing the music. It is kind of exciting when you see billboards and it, things are becoming real. Composer Bear McCreary of The Walking Dead, Outlander, 10 Cloverfield Lane, and The Cloverfield Paradox says he prefers to be finished scoring by the time the ad campaigns begin. Sometimes it's the inverse where I'll be pencils down on a show and then like three or four months later the, it's announced. And then you see a first billboard and people go, dude, have you heard about this show, Black Sails? It's like pirates, that's cool. And I'm like, yeah, it's gonna be cool. I not only did it, I finished it already. And I've just been waiting for people to know what it is. Like, it's actually kind of exciting for me. Like, people are gonna get to hear, people are gonna get to hear it. We're almost at the point where it becomes real. For more stories behind the score, read Score, the interviews, based on the international hit film Score, a film music documentary featuring raw insight from Hans Zimmer, James Cameron, Quincy Jones, Randy Newman, Trent Reznor, and many more. Score, the interviews, available now at score-movie.com. We're back here with Tina Guo, rock star cellist, and she's suited up. She's standing with the White Walker. And we're going to have our first musical instrument played here on Score the Podcast, which we're very excited about. great way to debut this portion. Oh, I love that. (laughs) It's so nice. Record all of these. We can have little drops now. Yeah. Dramatic (laughs) transitions in the show. (laughs) Beautiful. Um, Tina, you did this album called Game On, Mm -hmm. which features classic video games. Were you a gamer? Um, you know, growing up, I did play with my little brother. We played a lot of Super Mario and Zelda, um, and also uh, what is it, Sonic the Hedgehog, I think. And then before that, we had the Atari. And then most recently, I bought a um, Nintendo Switch. Oh so yeah, I was playing a lot of Zelda Breath of the Wild. But it, it, I have a very compulsive, uh, obsessive personality, so I started playing like eight, nine hours in a row. So I put it away. It's been in the closet for. A did long those time. themes stick early on? <laughs> did you did you recognize? Because oh, you said you weren't sure. into the film music thing, but yeah. did the video game... Yeah, I think some of like the video, you know, like Super Mario, everybody probably, or like Tetris, you know, it's a very, very um, universal, uh, ver- universal themes. And so I thought for this album, it'd be interesting to do, of course, like more, uh, my own versions of it. Uh, and so it was orchestrated for a full symphony, choir, mm-hmm. and a metal band all mushed together. And then some of the tracks also feature some more exotic instruments, a couple of guest singers. Um, and so it was really, really uh, super fun, actually, to turn these, some, some of the more simple themes like Tetris, uh, which I believe is the closing uh, piece on the album. Uh, it's, you know, it's a very, very simple, traditional old Russian folk tune, um, but we turn it into like a big symphonic melodramatic piece with like all kinds of like fake out endings, you know, so. Can we hear um, that one? Oh, well, actually, well, okay. So I don't have the backing track or the band okay. or the orchestra or anything. So Tetris might, might sound a little silly, but maybe I'll play uh, another melody. Okay. And hopefully it's semi-recognizable from a pretty popular game. All right, okay. let's do it. Let's see. How's it? Can you hear that? Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't. No? But I'm sure our audience will. It sounds so cinematic to me, too. Okay, that was Skyrim. 
Skyrim. I've never played Skyrim, so there you have it. It's okay. I'm more of an old school gamer. Do you have something old school? Um, Yes. Okay, so this is from a Game Boy version of this particular game. So like an old, old, old. Yes. Okay. Now we're talking. And this might be a little, I don't know. It might might be difficult. Right here. It might not like. <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, okay, here here's the animated for the same series. Oh, it's ringing. What is that? Come on, Pokemon. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Okay. No, the first thing was like uh, from the red and blue gym battle from like the old Game Boy. Version. Wasn't the cartridge red and blue too? Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we try to take like some of the more uh, well-known themes because I know technically that Pokemon theme song wasn't in the original games, but that's kind of what everybody associates with Pokemon. So we mix that with some of the more like the original music from the game. That was a little bit, you know, more amazing. difficult to and amazing to hear. sounds coming out of the instrument. Too. Oh, thank you, thank you. I'm playing this through my oh, new this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's Robert. <laughs> is it fun for you to play? These because thi- with video games, uh, everyone connects to their childhood in yeah, some fashion. Yeah, definitely. Um, when you do like a concert, is there is there a different feel? Do you think from when people are kind of thinking back? Is it? I think so. I hope. Hopefully, it does make people nostalgic and you know in a good way. Um, and like for me, definitely Zelda. I think uh, is probably the most because you know every time you turn on the the game or my brother was always playing Zelda on the Super Nintendo so that was definitely can you do Zelda um sure let me see I usually play this on the acoustic but here's the main thing yeah that, so hopefully that was slightly beautiful oh yes <laughs> that one brings me back <laughs> What was it? Ocarina of Time? Mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. man, that game. I spent half of my life on that game. Oh, man. Okay, we're going to take a quick break, and so we can and get reset. Tina, Tina sat back down. We'll be right back. Hey, Matt Schrader here, director of SCORE, a film music documentary. For the latest news from the film music world, follow us on Facebook. Just search SCORE, a film music documentary. Or let us know who you want to hear next on the show on Twitter, at SCORE the Podcast. Welcome back to Score the Podcast. We're here with Tina Guo, Grammy-nominated rock star cellist. You hear her playing the Wonder Woman theme there. Badass Wonder From Woman. From her viral YouTube rockin' video, if you haven't seen that yet. that That's like its own film. Oh, thank you, thank you. Um, so we had a, a little unorthodox approach to our show because we Tina just rocked it out for us in that last block. Thank you for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are now seated back down. I wanted to ask you... Um, you mentioned a little earlier that you you started playing piano at a young age, and then you went to violin, and then the cello. What was what was it about the cello that you were like, this is this is my axe, this is where I'm going? 
Well, actually, so I started on uh, piano first because all good Chinese children play piano. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a given starting at age three. And then when I moved to America, my mom uh, is a violinist. So I started the violin at age six. But I was stuck on Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star for a li- like literally almost a year. I just there was something awkward about it. I just wasn't na- it wasn't natural for my body. Um, so I really struggled. I practiced. I couldn't play it in tune. And then my dad was like, you know what? Maybe she should play the cello. And the cello, I actually progressed really really quickly uh, I, we started on the Suzuki methods mm-hmm. and usually the standard way to do it is you, you do like one book per year and I, I got through all 10 in the first I think like six months or wow. something so it was I think there are certain instruments and certain things that people are just naturally a little bit more I don't know something about just it just the way is, you hold it maybe or just yeah, the comfort maybe like for me it was just oh, violin just felt awkward for my body you know having like your neck tilted well I guess now I have my neck tilted to the other side but you know just the positioning <laughs> was a little bit awkward for me and it felt more comfortable is there a yeah. three-quarter size cello? Uh, yes, I started on a I started on a baby cello. I think it might have been a quarter size or something um, itsy bitsy, you know. So yeah, there's there's cellos for every size. It's never too early to start. It's so nice, you know. <laughs> you mentioned that you before you started improvising, mm-hmm. you had actually written and composed, and now you're getting the opportunity to work with Hans Zimmer, John mm-hmm. Debney. Have you thought about film scoring? Have you been approached? Yes. Score a film. Yes, actually. Um, so recently, it was a very. It was actually the very first uh, film that I scored myself. It's a small. It's a small film. Um, it's about an hour and a half long. Uh, indie project, a thriller that I just finished scoring last month. It hasn't mm. come out yet. Um, yeah. And then prior to that, I did uh, have some additional uh, additional composing credits on some like sci-fi channel movies and projects like that. Uh, some trailers, you know, trailer music. Um, and then uh, I think the most recent scoring project was for Bentley. Um, so I signed up partnership with them as an official um, uh, brand partner Uh, and I wrote the music for the 2018 Bentayga Hybrid which is their new SUV it's a hybrid SUV it's not yet available Um, it comes out this fall so Mm. uh, for the launch video which debuted at the auto show the Geneva Motor Show in Switzerland a couple months ago yeah and I was actually there I was able to because we just randomly happened to be on tour at that time and the one day off was the day of the you know the presentation by Bentley I'm like what are the chances so um, so I did that and that was a lot of fun Um, and and, and I also have some other projects in the works, which unfortunately, as we all know, yeah, I can't talk about it yet. Um, but definitely, because composing is something I've always just done, you know, for fun. Um, yeah. And then being given the opportunities. And uh, I never really, like, again, like really pursued it, kind of like the accidental, you know. <laughs> you have happy accidents. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just I just write music. And then so uh, brands and people have started to ask, hey, do you happen to write music? And I'm like, yeah, I do, I do. Um, they're like, do you want to score this project? Sure, why not? Let's do it, you know. Oh, that's so, cool. Do you, mm-hmm. Can you share the name of the thrill? Um, no, okay. I don't want to. Yeah, not not yet. I think Top it's just when, when these rounds. things. Robert, <laughs> you know how this works. Oh. It's okay. When, yeah. when these projects come out, I'm very active on social media. So the second anything is allowed to be announced, like it'll be. I'm it'll curious be about there. one other thing before yeah. we move forward, mm-hmm. which is you mentioned your band. Yes. Is there um, an actual band that. Is it signed? Is it unsigned? Is it well, performing as a band? Yeah, well, I'm signed um, to Sony. I signed with them last year or a year and a half ago. So mm-hmm. Game On was actually my 10th album, but the first album on a label. So before right. that, I had my own label and I self-released and did everything myself. Right. Um, but the band, no, I, I, I've been playing the current guys that I play with. I've I've been friends with them for like a decade. You know, I'm a big um, believer in like loyalty and working with the same people. And yeah. so they used to play with me, you know, years and years ago for like a hundred bucks or even less sometimes, little club shows. 
shows. Um, and so it's really amazing to be able to do bigger shows now and to like, you know, have them come along. Um, but they are, I, I do hire them, you know, so, yeah. and I've tried, actually, I think I've had four or five bands in the past. Um, and it's different for everyone. But for me, I think because I have a very, for myself, a very clear vision of what I want to do. Um, some might call it bossy, but others might just say, <laughs> I, I just have a clear vision. And sometimes I've found it very difficult when you have multiple people fighting over, you know, artistic ideas, musical ideas, you know, what you want to wear in the videos. And it just became this round about, you know, fights over, over things that shouldn't be, I felt like it was a waste of time. Yeah. Um, and I find that this way of working, I can, I can collaborate with other musicians, you know, on, on a one-off basis or on projects and whatnot. Um, but I still retain control over my artistic vision. Yeah. And creative differences. You might, you might be uh, introduced to that a little bit more as you get into the film. Oh no. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, since we've already taken our break, I think we can just jump right into this. Tina, we play a game and uh, I hope you studied. Uh There's no way to study. (laughs) I did not, (laughs) but uh, it's sweeping the nation. It's sweeping the world. It's called name that score. Let's do it, man. Get ready to play Name That Score! The film music game where a perfect score means you, yes you, could be a winner! Now let's play Name That Score! Tina's a little freaked out. My hands are sweating right now. I'm so scared. Oh, no. So these are all scores mm-hmm. from movies that, that uh, feature a, a strong female lead. Most of them from the last... 20 years, 30 years or so, um, oh fairly famous, famous movies. Um, there's a catch. We play them backwards. Ah. So you got <laughs> to you gotta try to listen to what these are. We do have multiple choices. They're never choices. too easy. Okay. Sometimes uh, they sound the same, though. You'll okay. see. So we have five famous film scores we play in reverse. Robert, Kenny, and Tina will all pick from three multiple choice answers. The last question's worth double. If anybody gets all of them right, we give away a prize on our Twitter account at ScoreThePodcast. If you mention hashtag name that score, name that score, and I have a technique that you'll notice, which is I let you go first as <laughs> often as possible, <laughs> so that I'm trying to refrain from that, so <laughs> that I can maybe steal your answer. Okay, I okay. which we found out last answer. week, John Powell had a strategy of giving what he didn't think was the right answer. Yeah, he was trying to throw us off, and then and then <laughs> Kenny and Robert would both would take both the bait. make a sandbagging, make a decision based on that. that. They'd say, "Well, I think John Powell would probably get that." So anyway, do with that. What I'll you pretend will. I'm using that method exactly. in case I get them all wrong. Oh, Man, now okay. I don't know what's gonna happen. Yeah. All right, so we'll so jump into exciting. this. Question number one: Is this music from Alice in Wonderland, uh, 2010, by Danny Elfman? Titanic, uh, starring Kate Winslet by James Horner, or Brave by Patrick Doyle. Oh, I know it. I love this song. It looks like Robert got it. He smiled immediately. I not only got it, I paid for it. (laughs) (laughs) That would be Titanic. I'm going to also go with Titanic. Is it the flute? What is that? It's, yeah. a, it's an Irish flute. Irish flute. We flew yeah. the guy in. Er, uh, Eric? He was a, uh, his name might have been Eric. It might have been Jordan Bieber. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a guy that we brought in to play. Hell of an Irish flute player, yes. that Jordan Bieber. So we Bieber. have two, two, two votes for Titanic. Titanic, yes. Titanic. Yes. I used to play it on the piano and sing. Points for everybody. Yay. There it is, Robert. That's it. How much did it cost? Fly him in. <laughs> No, the whole, the whole shebang. I can tell you exactly what it cost and, and how painful it was. Uh, 
one million three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars. This is for the score. For the score. Uh-huh. And you iceberg that, right ahead. Right. You'd say, "Wow, that's <laughs> a lot." That score probably should have cost double that. Mm-hmm. But we did lots of things to cut corners. Yeah, it did okay. That score. Yeah. Oh, amazing. It score. made <laughs> fifty million dollars. So that was go. a good wow. one. It's a good investment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we're everybody's perfect after one. We're moving on to question number two. Is this music from? We have three best picture winners uh, for this one. Fargo, mm. starring Frances McDormand, uh, by Carter Burwell. Out of Africa with Meryl Streep by John Barry, and Million Dollar Baby. Hilary Swank scored by. Do you know who scored that, Robert? Lenny Niehaus. Clint Eastwood is Clint the one Eastwood. who's credited. Clint, Clint works with Lenny. And, I, and Jordan Bieber. And Jordan Bieber. <laughs> and so it was a toss-up as to whether Lenny actually wrote it or Clint did, but we'll go, okay. All right, so we it. got three, Fargo, Out of Africa, and uh, Million Dollar Baby. Here we go. Robert's raising his arm. He looks confident. He All did right. the Tiger Woods fist pump You go first. There. Carter Burwell Fargo. That's very confident. Robert, okay. I'm going to pull a Robert and go with oh, Robert. Kenny, yeah. Me too. <laughs> Me three. Points for everybody. Yes. Keeping us alive. What gave it away here, Robert? There's a kind of minor sonority that Carter uses in this. <laughs> kind of a modal thing. Kind of a, Robert's feeling it. That's kind of sure. a Bieberish thing to me. <laughs> so. All right. All right, points for everybody on that Good. one. Well done, Robert Kraft. You, you, you wish Taking we had been rolling on that that little dance. He, he just won did, one time. Shoulder shuffle. It's very emotional. <laughs> he was feeling it. Yeah. All right, moving on. Question number three. Everybody's perfect so far. Gets a little bit harder here. Is this music from The Hunger Games, uh, which starred Jennifer Lawrence, by James Newton Howard, Mulan by Jerry Goldsmith, the animated film, or Mulan Rouge, Nicole Kidman, uh, by Craig Armstrong on that film. I'm going to go with Mulan. Kenny's going Mulan. I was going to say Goldsmith. probably not Mulan, but I don't know. What do you think, Robert? Uh, I'm going, I'm, <laughs> no, I, am, no. I am sandbagging. Oh, boy. Oh. I, I, it's Robert, not, you got to go first. Our, our guest has to have the most advantageous position. I don't think position. it's Moulin Rouge. Cause, I was going to say maybe. Uh, uh, Robert's ruling out Moulin Rouge. And what, Mulan, and the first one was? Uh, it's the Hunger Games, Mulan, oh, and maybe Rouge. Wait, Hunger I'm changing Games. it. Hunger Games. I'm going Hunger Games. I forgot about I Hunger Games Hunger as an Games. option. I knew it, it didn't sound Mulan Rouge-y. I'll go it sounded Hunger too Games action-y. too, just because. because. Every, everybody's going Hunger Games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh-oh. All yes. right. Yay. Points for everybody. <laughs> I was like, it's not Asian enough to see Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> I tried, the, I Robert, tried the John Robert Powell approach there. <laughs> Moulin Rouge. <laughs> Guys, it's obviously Moulin. Everyone guesses. it. Every, come on. It. Everybody knows that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So everybody's perfect so far. Uh, we got uh, two questions left and a bonus question, which is a tiebreaker mm. if, we, if it comes to that. Um, so question four. These are some, uh, some kick-ass movies here. Mad Max Fury Road uh, with Charlize, Charlize Theron. Uh, Tom Holkenborg a.k.a. Junkie XL on, uh, on that score. Wonder Woman, um, Gal Gadot, uh, also Tom Hulkenborg, Junkie XL. Uh, this is from Batman v Superman. And then... And um, Tina Guo. 
and Tina Groff. Don't forget Hans. And Hans. <laughs> and Hans. There's, there's so many names. Uh, and uh, Kill Bill, Uma Thurman by RZA and Robert Rodriguez. That's, the RZA. That's the RZA, Matt. Come on. Get your hip hop. The RZA. <laughs> the RZA. Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real short clip. I love the cue. <laughs> I think it's Pokemon now. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Sounds like. Is it the red or the blue one? <laughs> Tina? You're going, you're think, feeling confident I, I think, with that. I think that might be me backwards. It's so Wonder Woman. <laughs> I'm going to go with Wonder Woman. What do you think, Robert? <laughs> kind of Kill Bill meets Mad Max. I'm feeling Mad Wonder Max, Woman. Huh? <laughs> oh, all right. Yep. Points for everybody. One, two, three. What is it? Five or seven? It's in seven. Seven. I was going to say, I, I didn't get all the way to the seven because it's a short cue. <laughs> yeah. Talking to the mic. That yeah. was Robert not talking to the mic, us signaling him, and then blowing out your speaker. That's Sorry right. about that. Thank you. Uh, our last question now, our last regular, regular uh, question anyway, and then we have a bonus if we need it. Um, this is uh, three fairly different movies. Um, I think... Two of these are Oscar winners. The first one uh, fr- is this Frida, um, which starred Salma L. Hayek by L.A. Goldenthal. Very good. Uh, Sicario, starring Emily Blunt by Johan Johansson. Or Gravity, starring Sandra Bullock by Stephen Price. Robert is so <laughs> pumped right now. He has his thumb up in the air. He's this is my. Around. This is the way you know, like at the poker table, where I try and give you guys a tell. Like I know what I'm doing, so I would get you to kind of stumble forward. I'm gonna go gravity. I really was gonna say gravity, only because it sounded kind of gravity esque. I am going to have to agree <gasps> and go gravity esque. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! It's your fault. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> It's not. It's Sicario. Oh, wow. Johan. Robert, what was the thumb in the air? Was that? <laughs> it was kind of trying to win the game by getting you guys to. I thought oh, for a second gravity. there, Robert might have been employing that John Powell thing. I was certain that was thing. gravity. Me too. Uh, no, it sounded, it, here is uh, sounded gravitational. <laughs> it's it, the the whole score is kind of like this. Very. Uh, I've never sound seen designing. It's a great movie. I think the I saw the movie coming out here soon. That was an intense movie. It's real intense. Love the movie. That bass. My wow. my headphones can't even handle that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, nobody gets points for that. Oh, one. But man. guess what? We're bonus all tied. round. Uh-oh. We're all tied. We're all tied. So we have a bonus question here. Uh, is this the music from Arrival, which starred Amy Adams by Johan Johansson? Alien, uh, starring Sigourney Weaver by Jerry Goldsmith, or Contact, starring Jodie Foster? By Alan Silvestri. I'm stressed. Arrival, Alien, and Contact. I'm stressed out right now. Robert, I don't believe anything you're doing anymore, by the way. <laughs> I'm just trying to deflect. Those are all really good Remember, scores. we're going for a win here. Going for the win. Um, it was kind of... Arrivally esque alien sort of contact. 
Um, was that, that a response? Well, they all have aliens in them, I guess. They all have aliens. Mm-hmm. Yep. That was kind of, the like flutes aliens. going fluvy, 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 fluvy. It's kind of a dead giveaway. Sort of oh, felt like a dead giveaway. Be. I don't think it's Jerry. How about that? I don't feel that it's Jerry and Alien and I'm, gonna, I'm going. I'm, gonna, I'm going. I'm going. Arrival. I'm going to go arrival. Kenny arrival. and Robert both going arrival. Mm-hmm. And Tina's well. Arrival. You could, arrival. Oh wow. Oh, no. you, does anybody want to change their guess? Uh-oh. Oh, he did this one time before. I, I'm going to change mine. <laughs> okay. I'm going because I'm going to go. Robert won the game last time when uh, when we changed this with Mothersbaugh a couple weeks ago. Yep. You want, you want to hear it again? You want to hear go, it again? I'm after saying it's not. Yes, I do. I have to hear it again because that will help me immensely. Jerry Goldsmith, Alien. No, oh, he probably got it right. Matt, you used to throw us softballs, and now these are getting really hard. Hey, you got the first four. You had a maybe that fluvy, 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 fluvy is kind of a backwards. <laughs> it's definitely not Jerry. Now you're saying it is Jerry. <laughs> it's definitely not Jerry. Rob is going Jerry Goldsmith. Maybe if all three of us I'll pick a different one, then there will be a, a winner. winner. I'll just stick with A. How's that? What was the other one? Arrival, Arrival Alien, contact. and Contact. I'm going to go with Contact. Let's mix it up here. Okay. All right. So everybody's picking a different, a different title here. What did you pick? Arrival. Arrival. We do have a winner. And it's Robert Kraft. Oh, yay. man. Fluvy, 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 it fluvy, is Jerry fluvy. Goldsmith. It's definitely not Jerry Goldsmith. <laughs> See, that almost worked. Uh, that was a fake out. It was a John Powell fake out. It actually wasn't a John Powell fake out. I was actually thought that. Ooh, that's good. <laughs> that's the bad guy coming in right down the hall. Yeah. That big, It was guy. very distinctive for the time. Sigourney so. Weaver. What do you think? So our big winner is uh, Robert Kraft. He's so cool. That is like... So much, you know what? I, I I'd like to thank the little people. Can you play some music to play him off? Uh, it depends on how long this goes. <laughs> this what do you think? Should we give away the prize anyway? This uh, I we'll, think we'll so. give one away. I'm anyway. donating my prize to the lucky prize recipient. My signed game Tina on game on swag. Awesome to the lucky winner of awesome. name that score. Awesome. Who writes in? All right. Well, that's very generous. The you know what, studio audience uh, loves that gesture. Thank you so much. There's so many people in here. Real quick before we go, I have a question I want to ask uh, Tina about it, when we talked to John Powell last week, he talked about uh, his, his dad played in the Royal Philharmonic mm-hmm. and he brought up something that I hadn't thought about, but I guess I guess this would be true. I want to run this by you. You would know. He said one of the biggest challenges when you're when you're a, a, a you know, a, a expert player in any instrument is you got to be playing all the time and that means if you take a couple weeks off you'll come back and you'll feel rusty all of a sudden is mm-hmm. that true it is true I, tr- I do try to maintain uh practicing but now uh i do so many like sessions and whatnot so at least i'm still playing sure. but for the most part like before shows four or five hours a day still not eight hours but four or five hours a yeah day. yeah for the most part and you definitely can tell even after you don't practice for what, two or what three days what starts to go um it's i i i feel like it's in well for me for the cello the the fine tune like the muscles in your hands the tiny little muscles the muscle memory starts going mm. um but i i also think though i am grateful that my parents made me practice so much because if you practice every day for eight hours a day from a very young age oh, what is it good, you know that yeah. yeah yeah so it's still in there but it definitely you can definitely tell if you don't practice for a couple days yeah my cello playing's a little rusty too but then i <laughs> 
I'll bet. I, I can't imagine the calluses too. Uh, yeah, sometimes I actually had a huge one on my pinky, which is documented on Instagram and Facebook. Nice. Two days ago, they got too big, so I like ripped the top layer off. Lovely. And now it's smaller again. Oh, Tina so. is very <laughs> so active nice. on social media too, if you want to check out. Scars. She posts a lot of cool videos and pictures of her journey. Where can they find you? Um, at Tina Quo. On Instagram, Easy on Twitter, on Facebook, YouTube. Well, we want to remind our listeners, too, because we are giving away Robert so generously donating the prize he won. Uh, oh, thank you. Oh, autog- thank you. they love it. They autographed love it. copy of Tina's album, Game On. Make sure to follow us at Score the Podcast and use the hashtag NameThatScore. Also, make sure to uh, subscribe if you like what you're hearing on your favorite podcast platform. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. There you go. Hey, I'm Robert Kraft. Kenny Holmes, Matt Schrader, and our fabulous guest, Tina Guo. We will see you next week. Bye.